0: With the coronation just weeks away, we are putting the finishing touches to our special episodes to celebrate King Charles. But we've still got time to include some of your brilliant stories. So if you've ever been lucky enough to meet King Charles on a tour or an event, or you've got a favorite memory that you've read about him, we'd love to hear it. You can send us a voice note on Instagram at PodSave, and we now have WhatsApp. So you can send us your voice voice notes via there. The number is plus four, four, seven, seven, one, seven, six, four, six, five, nine, seven. That's plus four, four, double, seven, one, seven, six, four, six, five, nine, seven. And you can get that number from our Instagram and Twitter pages. Now on with the show.
1: Pod Save the King.
0: Hello and welcome to Pod Save the King. I'm your host Zoe Forsey and I'm joined as always by our Royal Editor Russell Myers. Hello, how are you?
1: Good morning, I am very well. I'm looking forward to, what I'm looking forward to? I'm Well, coronation. It's been a lot of coronation things. We've got a lot to discuss.
0: Definitely, we have. Now, before we move on to the live event, so as you said, we've got coronation details. We've had Uh, Charles has been at some really uh, important engagement this week, and we've also seen Kate and William out and about. But before we move on to that, we've had some um, news about Camilla, who has tested positive for COVID. Uh, Now, we know she tested after suffering cold-like symptoms. Uh, She's had to cancel lots of events, but our understanding is that, that she's doing okay, isn't she?
1: Yes, I mean it's the the normal palace phrase of in good spirits, which uh, which kind of followed uh, the late Duke of Edinburgh and the Queen around whenever they got ill. But I don't think it's as serious as sort of the the ailments that they had in their later years. Of course, uh, of, if you are lucky enough to just have mild symptoms, I don't we don't really know exactly what symptoms we have. Uh, Camilla was having, but uh, described as a seasonal illness. So. Bit of a runny nose, probably a bit bunged up, feeling a bit foggy in the head, that sort of thing. Um, if you've had COVID of late and you're vaccinated and lucky enough to get off with those symptoms, then you've done all right. However, of course, she had to cancel a couple of um couple of engagements this week, and one I know would have been very, very uh, important to her, close to her heart. is normally the only thing that people say, isn't it, when when talking about things that are important to them. But she was uh, visiting. A ballet school in Edgebuston in Birmingham, and of course we know she's really, uh, really up for the Silver Swans. He's been talking about it, spoke about that. Do you remember in lockdown when she was doing all the the Silver Swans practicing on Zoom, uh, getting all the the pensioners out of their chairs and practicing their their love of ballet? So that would have uh, would, would have hurt her a little bit. So they're going to try and reorganise that in the coming weeks or months, I suppose, because we've got a lot to do with the coronation, and then. Um, uh, of course, there's a couple of more things she was due to do her reading room this week as well. So, yeah, not not a great week for Camilla, but we send her, our best, of course.
0: Yes, all our best wishes to the Queen Consort and hope that she recovers nice and quickly. Now, on to details of the coronation because we had some new information uh, announced this week. Now, the first of those is the new kind of, the logo that's going to be used to promote it and all the coverage, isn't it? The new, um, and this has been designed by uh, Sir Johnny Ive and I didn't know that was the person that designed the iPhone which obviously
1: very famous. I didn't as well. I did I didn't know. I mean, should we? Should we know that sort of thing? Maybe a British designer. Um,
0: Feels very pub qu- pub quiz questioning. I feel that's one that's going to like be learned. Yeah, to be involved.
1: yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Well, what, what do you think of it? I'm not sold on it to be honest. Oh,
0: I really like it. I like it's kind yeah, of. Yeah, I thought we'd be colours. different on this.
1: I don't know. I'm probably a bit of glass half empty, aren't I? But I think I don't know. I'd encompassing sort of the the, the, the national flowers. I liked. Red, white, and blue, of course. I don't know whether I expected a bit something a bit more jazzy. I'm not sure what, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, but, but you know, when you see things, you think, Oh, yeah, maybe I was, I don't know, what I was expecting sort of fireworks and um, a <laughs> gymnast or something. I've no idea, but it just left me a little bit cold. But then I suppose, I suppose, you know, the, the Jubilee, was that there was like that, fa- it was the fancy sort of 2022 written. And it went into a crown almost. I think I was expecting something a bit clever. But it's just, I suppose it is is—it it is what it says on the tin, right? It is the flowers of the, neighbor, the, the nations, red, white and blue, coronation. What more do you want?
0: I suppose that's true. It's very, you know, he would have gone in with a very, I'm guessing, specific, you know, list of instructions of what to do. It always has to be that very similar Designed but done slightly differently. But I think the colours looked really nice. And again, really lovely that he, um, the details he included. So it features a stylised image of the St. Edward's crown. Uh, which is obviously will be King Charles's crown uh, at his uh, coronation. There's the Rose of England, the Thistle of Scotland, the Daffodil of Wales and the Shamrock of Northern Ireland. Uh, so really nice to, you know, get all those details in there. Um, which I thought was really lovely. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan. I would have loved to yeah, see what I'm, you I'm would have done with the iPhone again. if I'm, you're
1: they, this critical yeah, of it. Maybe, maybe I'm being a bit, uh, maybe I'm being a bit unfair because I mean the, the the very fact that you have the the floor of the four nations shaped in the crown that that is quite clever. I mean, listen, I have no uh, other examples to bring to the table. So maybe I should keep my <laughs> opinions to myself. I was going to say, oh, yeah. That gonna stop us? yeah.
0: Come back to you when you've got a knighthood for your designing and then we'll...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we also have had the details this week of Queen Camilla's crown. Now, this caused a lot of, uh, you know, there was a lot of criticism, a lot of controversy, a lot of questions about how she was going to do it because obviously of the inclusion of the different... Diamonds that have uh really kind of the royal family's ownership of them has really come under fire. But we now know she's gonna be wearing Queen Mary's crown, but she's she's jazzing it up a bit, isn't she? Putting her own twist on it. Well,
1: I think this is you know, there's a lot been made about the controversy surrounding the Coroner diamond. And and of course that is something that really did need to be addressed. Of course, this uh this this gem was fit in uh in the front of Queen Mary's crown, but it was worn at her coronation I haven't got my notes I think it was 1911 That's a pub quiz question I think 1911 then I know was replaced by a replica and then the original was basically moved from uh to the Queen Mother's crown for her and George the sixth coronation so the, the the issue is that the coronal diamond was was seized seized stolen say what you will by the East India Company after the second Sikh war back in 1849 now it was then given to queen victoria and has remained in the crown jewels ever since now um president modi has said uh, prime minister modi rather has said that he well, we should give it back it says that with a lot of the artifacts that britain stole within its colonial past um that that it doesn't belong to us and we should be giving them back to the nations of, of where they originated so I, again i would i would agree that these these symbols i mean talk about the the elgin marbles as well the parthenon marbles that they are are welcome reminders of the british empire and i think we do need to have a bit of a a long look at ourselves when we're when we're discussing such a such issues because um it was it was an issue for for, for camilla moving forward so yes, you are right that she is going to reuse a crown. I mean, this is quite interesting as well. They would say that she's going to be reusing the crown. It's going to be the first since the 18th century, so the first to reuse a crown for a coronation. The last consort to reuse a crown was Queen Caroline, the consort of George II, uh, who wore one belonging to Mary of Modena. Uh, And this is back in 1700s, I mean, 1727. However... um, I'd I'd find it a little bit ludicrous stroke funny that you're talking about sustainability when you're uh, still talking about a crown which is probably worth more than all the houses on my street (laughs) and and, and then some in the the village or whatever.
0: And she's still making you know, she's still making quite big Alterations to it, so that's going to cost a lot of money as well. So, as well as kind of the, the changes you've already met with the diamonds, she's going to re- remove uh, four of the. Oh, I've lost it. Where's it gone? I'm in my notes, she's well, removing four, four, of four of the sort of, of the... towers. Are they? Yeah. Are
1: they? I mean, they're not called towers, but but the, the, the four of the, the spokes on the on the crown are going to be removed. And this it is a nice touch because she's going to be using some of the queen's diamonds. And the diamonds that are going in is the the Cullinan diamonds, which were cut from the largest gem rough diamond ever and i was reading up about this the other day because found in 1908 it was so big that when the people digging it out of the ground took it to the bosses at the mine the bosses basically chucked it out the window because they thought there was no way a gem could have been that big and they eventually went and found it convinced <laughs> them to keep it and then they tried to sell it but he wouldn't no one would buy it because they were they, they believed that it could a gem that big couldn't be broken up appropriately. anyway, when they smashed it, it says with a knife. I would imagine they did it with, with done it with a hammer. but it said when they did it with a knife, it broke the knife. It was that strong. and then it was it was broken up into gosh it was, I was thinking it was nine major diamonds and then several small ones. um and essentially we some of them were sold, but the one that was the Cullinan three and the Cullinan four were set into the crown. For the coronation of George V in 1911 Cullen and five inserted into the crown worn uh by King George VI at his coronation in nineteen thirty-seven. And then the Queen, which was much more recently, she wore them on a brooch for the Diamond Jubilee celebrations. And I was looking at those pictures and it's still a pretty big gem. It's so huge.
0: It's absolutely it is massive. Because when it was dropped in, I was like, oh, which which brooch is that? And then it came up I was like, of course it's that one. Of and course, it's the yeah. huge one. And so it's actually two parts, that uh, she always wore them together. And I think that's such a lovely detail that um and you know really lovely that Camilla has decided to, you know, incorporate something so special to her late mother um, in law and in this this piece, um, and I think, it, it, as you said, it makes it a bit more modern because lots of people, lots of the things we're talking about, as you said, are you know from over a hundred uh, years ago, and it's nice to yeah. have a more modern link to some of the you know the things that are going to be part of it.
1: Yeah, I think when we're talking about correlation, um it definitely it, it has to be a histor- It is a historic occasion. It has to have a complete appreciation of the of the moment and. The history behind it so a lot of people talking about slim down coronation modern twists i mean it it still we're still going to have the gold state coaches the crowns the outfit changes there's still going to be people packed into westminster abbey a huge huge state and historical occasion however these twists these modern twists the nod to the late queen the differences of the crowns the intricate details of who will be attending i mean there's only 2,000 people rather than the 8,000, which you mentioned before. But definitely details coming out that Charles wants to have more, in quotes, normal people attending. So it won't be all the lords and ladies from, you know, whoever has an association with the monarchy or landed gentry or whatever. They definitely want to have more normal folk attending, which is a much more representative of the worlds we are in today.
0: Definitely. So, yeah, lots of other new bits from the Coronation. Oh, and the, have you entered the ballot for the uh, Coronation concert? The tickets for that opened this well, week? Well,
1: I imagine I'll be there because I'll have to be working, won't I? Ooh. So oh, I'll be very... <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's not all play, but I was very, very lucky enough to go to the, the Platinum Jubilee concert, and that was good. However, this one's at Windsor, so it'll be it will be very different.
0: Well, I would love to be able to go. So I have entered into the ballot. So fingers crossed. And well fingers done. crossed to anyone who, uh, any of our listeners who are put anything. And do let us know if you manage to get any of the tickets when they are announced, because uh, we would love to hear what it's like from inside. Now, moving on. Uh, so we've had Kate and Will's had a big event this year. So this was their first visit to Cornwall since they became the Duke and Duchess of Cornwall. And they were in Falmouth, which is producer Dan's hometown. And he just mentioned before we hit record on this that the, one of the sites they went to used to be a youth centre that he went to when he was a kid.
1: Well, and he's turned out all right. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, yeah, nicer they've, they've got down, of course, the new titles of the Duke and Duchess of Cornwall taken over when uh, the King has taken the top job. Um, they obviously now have two associations because it's still the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and of Cornwall. So they've got two uh, communities that they will no doubt want to visit and keep um keep a relationship with of course they've still got uh the communities in anglesey the communities in east anglia that they are uh i would have been visiting over the last few few months certainly so um yeah i suppose when you're looking at their schedule at the moment they are they are moving in a way which is definitely a little bit paint by numbers, and that isn't the criticism. It is basically looking looking at their diary. They've got an awful lot in order to build up to the to the coronation. They want to get out and see the communities that they have associations with. I think we've seen them talking about um, issues that are very important to them. Kate with early learning. Um, you have William with the homelessness as well. I've encu- I've been on their engagements with them for both of those so again not trying to change the wheel very much a case of getting the basics right and then i imagine after the coronation because the the waleses are not going to do a tour before the coronation pretty much know that now um charles is going to go to france and germany next month then you would imagine we will see two big tours around about summer into autumn from the king And Queen Consul and the Wales as well. So, definitely not rocking the boat too much. Lots of preparation and planning going on for the coronation. But where did they go? They went to the National Maritime Museum, Cornwall, meeting people working on the boats. Um, Then, I mean, some of the puns in this, they they tried their hands at riveting. So, you can imagine what the headline writers were. uh...
0: Subs had a field day. (laughs) They
1: did indeed. They did indeed. so what else are they doing So just um, quickly let's
0: so they they um when they were at the museum that you mentioned they met volunteers who were working on boats including a 14 foot sailing dinghy that was presented to the queen and the duke of edinburgh as a wedding present which was really lovely uh, to have that link there as well um and they also had they so they had as you you mentioned the riveting and they had a go at it and William referred to that really famous Only Fools and Horses sketch, didn't he, with the chandeliers, which I thought was yes. is really fun. So he said, you know, they, they asked him to have a go and they said, it's probably safer if you just show us. Uh, we don't want to be the ones who put a hole in it. They did end up having a go. And he said, make sure we do this right. It's a bit like that Only Fools and Horses scene with the chandeliers. So anyone that hasn't seen it, it's this fantastic sketch from Only Fools and Horses, which they are tasked with fitting this, or taking the chandelier off. And there's a great scene where they, they're all prepared to do it. They have it all laid out, this big sheet over it, ready to catch it. And then someone unplugs the... It's actually, they get the wrong one and it's this priceless chandelier in the background. And it's just such a famous sketch, brilliantly done. And I think one of the kind of best comedy moments of, you know, kind of that time, which I, it was a really nice little little mention. I thought it was very funny. Well, a
1: little window into the world. I like it when you, you get these sort of... uh these instances that you, you said kings, queens, prince and princesses living in towers and palaces and then you, and then they, they give you a little bit of a, a window into their world watching Only "Force and Horses, which is, of course, one of the greatest comedies of our time. And you know, just like us, are not they? <laughs>
0: definitely and again another little joke after then if she thinks we were never here you never saw us which is which is good it sounded like William was in a great mood that day which was lovely and another reason to put Kate in a good mood was she actually ran into one of her old teachers uh, which I thought was really cute so as they left the museum they you know greeted by cheering crowds as always and kind of Kate turned around and there was one of her old teachers there uh, Jim Embry who was a former teacher at her prep school and Kate looked actually genuinely quite surprised by it she was like oh my goodness she gave him a big hug uh, he now volunteered at the museum, which is why he was there. He didn't just kind of randomly, you know,
1: <laughs> I was gonna say in the crowd. I saw that he he taught her history. So that would have been back in the 90s, right? But um uh yeah, he was he he wasn't just there pitching up, which is no problem. Of course, he might have just been wanting uh, wanted to see his old uh, his old pupil, but he, he is actually volunteering at the at uh, centre now.
0: Yeah, and Kate said it's such a small world. And what I thought was really lovely is she said, I'm trying to teach my daughter all the things you probably taught me which I thought was really, you know, really lovely as well. And as you said, that little insight as to, you know, them just as parents. Um, yeah, so he asked, was asked what she was like as a student, said he was, she was fantastic. It was a great class and she was a great participant and a great kids. So really nice.
1: Well, the, one of the other things on this which struck me at this uh, event, I don't know if you saw the the protester who was yes. not only shouting no more monarchy, but I thought it was quite interesting that he, he held up a piece of paper which had nothing written on it, and this is um, well, we've spoken of before. And I think we're in Luton, and then the other one escapes me at the moment. Was it Cardiff um, when Charles had the eggs thrown at him? There was it sort of a, a, a oh, no, it was in York. It was York Minster, York Minster, and Luton, and 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 Charles and Anne, and Camilla had eggs thrown at them from people in the crowds. Now, is this? a um, a period that we're entering where we're going to see more protests. you say protests. They're not on the scale of what we'd seen abroad in the Caribbean, although those protests were pocketed and, and fairly small, but there were dozens of people at them. These seem to be kind of lone protesters or one or two people holding banners up saying, not my king. I do think we're going to see a bit more of this because you wouldn't have seen that in the Queen's Day. The Queen was revered all around the world. And I know that she, and has, and thrown at her many many moons ago, and pockets of protest. But it seems as though we have entered a new era almost. But interesting that he it was called a silent protest, didn't have anything written on the uh, on the placard. But it you know, opens up a opens up a conversation, doesn't it? I mean, the man who was um, he wasn't arrested; he was kind of apprehended. But he did say to the reporters, "Listen, it's the twenty first century. We don't need a monarchy. It is ridiculous, and it definitely opens up." The conversation around the coronation, there is going to be millions upon millions spent on this coronation, not only in terms of the security aspect, but of course the outfits, the changing of the crowns, the big diamonds within it, the golden state coaches. we While we are living in this huge cost of living crisis, what does that symbolize for a country and a monarchy that uh, have realms all around the world and are figurehead for a, a a british empire that is no more um what does that mean i think i think it's an interesting conversation i don't think we're just going to be seeing it here i think we will be seeing it abroad as well and it'll be interesting to see how the royals do deal with that moving forward because we've spoken about reparations and apologies from those commonwealth realms and uh and perhaps we will have to see a bit more of a a facing up a bit more of a Um, an acknowledgement of those attitudes that they do exist uh, both at home and abroad Now
0: while Camilla has had to Uh, cancel her engagements this week Charles has had a very busy few days which started with a top secret visit uh, from President Zelensky which obviously we didn't know anything about of course he was in the UK anyway to ask for the government for more help supporting uh, his fight in Ukraine Uh, this time uh, he was asking for more jets he went that discussion happened at Westminster Hall which is obviously where the Queen uh, was lying in state but then he popped into Buckingham Palace afterwards and it it was split into two parts of the meeting wasn't it there was half that was private that obviously they discussed more detail but there was a public line of it so we did hear some details from it
1: well I like Ternsky's uh, quote I know it's not verbatim but he he spoke about the fact that he was at Westminster Hall and then he was going to Buckingham Palace to see the king but uh, who, who also is a uh, is a former airline, air force pilot And then he referenced the fact that every Air Force pilot in the Ukraine is a king. And that was widely applauded at Westminster Hall. And then when Charles saw him, he he basically spoke for all of us, didn't he? He said, we've all been worried about you. We've been thinking about your country for so long, I can't tell you. Mr. Zelensky thanked him. Now, these are huge, huge, um, symbolic moments, not only for for us and our, our relationship with the Ukraine, what's going on with the war. And the aggression from Russia, but also, I think um, it's it's important for uh, for Charles to, to to be seen at the forefront of this as well, because Boris Johnson had really been at the at the forefront of of speaking to President Zelensky, being the UK's um, voice and showing that we wanted to be an active participant in standing up for what was right. but but the king and the royal family have been visiting Ukrainian centers all throughout the country. Uh, speaking about the war uh, and the effort to help people who have been displaced from the conflict. But uh, again, I don't think we'll see the last of it at all. I think it's very, very important for the royals to have an association with those affected communities, as we have seen also this week, which we'll touch upon in a minute, about the the Turkish earthquake and the communities helping out in the UK to help people who have been affected by that.
0: Well, let's actually jump straight into that now, actually, uh, so he visited a West London charity to kind of see the efforts and people here in the UK are doing amazing things to do whatever they can to help, you know, people in Turkey and Syria after the absolutely horrifying natural disaster um, that, you know, has completely destroyed huge communities and areas out there and I think the death toll is about 20,000 isn't it well
1: it's now 37,000 oh, 37,000 uh, 37, I mean that was rapidly increased one would imagine as well but important for Charles and this was um hurriedly organised it shows you that the the piloters were very quick off the, off the march to, to do this I'm told that the king had been reading about it learning about it and said you know we have to try and raise the profile of what is happening in this country because 74 million pounds has been raised by the disasters emergency committee turkey syria earthquake appeal that is obviously trying uh, to increase there's been donations from the king the queen Consort, prince and princess of wales as well but important for charles to get out and see the communities in north london and then went to trafalgar square there are huge efforts going on across the uk as well as to try and to try and help people because i mean these these earthquakes Two of seven point eight and seven point five quakes struck on February the sixth. Huge, huge loss of mice, and the fact that this these the 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 countries both affected by these earthquakes are going to be um hugely, hugely impacted for a for a long time to come. So the the uh the Turkish communities in North London that use this centre, and many of the the families who use centre are from this region in central Turkey that that was affected. Um so we're seeing it with the Ukrainian. We're seeing it with the Afghan communities, and now that, obviously, the Turkish community are are very much at the forefront of the of the royal's mind as well. So, do do expect to see more of that in the in the coming weeks, regime
0: This, for me, is just exactly what personally I think the royal family should be doing. This massive, huge thing happens by Charles going along to this. He's raised awareness of it so more people know how to donate and it also shows the people in these communities that they are you know that they are something that everyone is thinking about and I think just a a small thing from them he just popped in for you know a couple of hours or so didn't he and this is exactly what I think the royal family can make huge differences with and I think it was such a good you know such a good idea for them to go down to that one of the things I was thinking. Obviously, the, the reactive engagements is something we I feel like we've been seeing a lot more. Obviously, last year, uh, back to Ukraine again, but Kate and William went to that charity, like, you know, just after the war broke out. And it's something that I don't remember seeing, say, five years ago, maybe pre-pandemic, of the kind of last-minute changes to schedules to go to these different, you know, different events. Is, is that a conscious decision or is it, you know, is it just a change? Because obviously... Maybe Charles, is being a bit younger, is more able to go to different events and to move about.
1: It's difficult to say, isn't it? Are, are we experiencing more sort of disaster and emergency appeals? Well, the, the, We've had the war in Syria. We've had the Ukraine disaster. There's been several natural uh, uh, the U- U- Ukraine, um, conflict, several natural disasters as well that have happened that it's had to uh, kind of react to. So, yeah, so I suppose in a way we all see. It's good PR. For for both the um, the disaster appeals or the, the the issues that the volunteers are trying to raise awareness for, and it's good PR for the royals as well. That's what they're there for, isn't it? They're there for to try and it, do decent work within the communities that 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 need them to to have a light nice shudder for them. So yeah, I think we are seeing more of it. It's probably more of a, a, a PR um, aspect coming out of COVID as well. I think that they kind of want to. Be a bit more hands on because we had two years of doing stuff on in and out of Zoom. So definitely, um, I'm always saying we do need to see more from the Royals. They need to be getting out more to uh, to different communities. And listen, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, what have we seen this week? We've seen um, in the last few weeks we've seen Ukraine, obviously Turkey, and um, and we saw we saw Charles uh, in Brick Lane the other day. i mean, talking going to uh, Britain, the famous Brick Lane in East London that. A face, the symbolic face of London's Bangladeshi community, and him and Camilla going going down the streets, shaking hands with people, speaking to business owners, and really talking about the, the the multicultural aspect of Britain. So it serves a purpose, doesn't it?
0: It really does. And that was that was a really lovely event, actually. That was, I think it was was that at the end of last week, uh, but it was a great thing because obviously Kate and William went to Brick Lane. Was it last year and they were making, you know, they were making all the bagels, weren't they? They went to the famous bagel uh, place on Brick Lane. So it was nice to see them kind of going back, you know, them having another royal visit, which was really, really lovely. Um, the king also planted a tree. Uh, he was given a box of takeaway food by a local restaurant. Uh, and he rev- he did have a hole in his sock, though, didn't he?
1: I saw <laughs> Yeah, so I thought it was a sticker at first, but then we sort of zoomed in on it and he had a hole in his sock. Which then prompted all these articles of how thrifty he is, and the Queen only using Tupperware boxes to keep in, uh, to keep her cereals in, reusing stuff, recycling. Obviously, we know that Charles is very into sustainability. There was an article about the, a hole in the Queen's glove from 12 years ago when William and Kate got married. I mean, it's got its own sort of genre, genre of this about um, thrifty royals. Not a style thrifty they are, but. You remember that coat that Charles wears when he's doing the pruning of the uh, of the thorn bushes? Have you ever seen it? Yes, he, I mean, he yeah. looks like something... He looks like he's been dragged through a hedge wearing the coat. <laughs> and it's this sort of... I can't even describe it. What is it? It's a, a big fleece. He says he looks like a giant acorn in it, but it's full of holes and patches. So, fair enough. I mean, thrifty king.
0: And just the last detail of kind of Charles's week. We've had the new... Everyday stamp. I didn't know what an everyday stamp was, and then of course, what is an everyday stamp? It is just the normal stamps, because you know you get all the special ones for Christmas and all of that. But yeah, that was I was a bit like, oh, what's an everyday stamp? Do we we have a fancy stamp? But no, it is just the normal ones you see, and it's the same picture that because everyone's been talking about the coins. You know, we had the picture of the coin because people have spotted a little hidden detail in it. Did you? I didn't see it at all. But there is a bird kind of. It's part of the lines of his ear which is really nice. With lots of people are saying it's kind of a nod to his love for nature. Um, they've, well
1: done, they've done what? Well, he's got
0: a bird in his ear.
1: Right, okay. I'll pop a picture on the Instagram
0: I, so you can see this it. is
1: This is a uh, pub quiz question. And it's sort of like, you know, when they, they, they um, ambush politicians asking them how much a pint of milk is? Yeah. How much is a first-class stamp?
0: Oh, really expensive. I went to buy some just after Christmas, and I actually did that thing of saying, excuse me, how much to the woman? Is its it... Is it
1: it's just under a pound now, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's ninety-five p. Mad. Oh my god! We didn't. We didn't sound more like two old fogies about technology, know. Now we're ranting about how much stamps cost. It's Where's like, this bird? I'm I've just, I've just sent you a picture of it, so you can
0: think. Oh it's right, really, okay. Well, I did the well, same. I was like, oh, you can't really see that. And then when you see it, I was like, Actually, oh, I, can, that is, I yeah.
1: can. yes, I can. Yes, that was lovely. Yeah, very nice. Well, he's got yeah, slightly more hair than he's, yeah. he's probably got, but. Uh, yeah, a bit of a blow up. Yeah, nice, nice, nice stamp. Yeah, ninety five p though. Off.
0: Oh. but that's what I didn't know if it's an it was an intentional thing, but it is true in the way it was sold that as soon as you've seen it, that is now all I can look at on that coin. It's all you can look so, at. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There sure we go. Enough. But yeah, so what of an exciting week, obviously, with all the more coronation details, and I'm expecting that we're going to get these dropping in. Very regularly now, aren't we? In terms of we're gonna yeah. have lots
1: of the different updates. Ten weeks, what have you got? Ten ten weeks left. Lots of lots of uh, details to come out with. Will we see Harry and Megan? I mean, I've wrote an exclusive today about uh, the fact that they are lots of talk that the royal family expects them to come. Um they will obviously be invited. The king wouldn't be so churlish as to not invite them, but I am told from people very close to the Sussexes that they are still undecided about coming. So Um, I mean, I definitely think they will come. Why would they want to pass up the opportunity? But as it was put to me that in quotes, nothing has changed. So from Harry's position that he spoke about in his TV interviews publicising his memoir last month that uh, he wants to sit down. He wants sort of a, a chat with his dad and his brother. He wants apologies. He wants recollection or certainly willingness to reconcile. And while that isn't forthcoming, nothing has changed. But um i mean I, as far as i'm aware that they still haven't had those summit so um, there's serious conversations about everything um i don't think they will be too forthcoming before the coronation so let's wait and see really because uh, i definitely think they will come um I, I can't imagine for a second that they that they would pass up the opportunity to be at such an event but um I do What do you reckon?
0: I agree. I completely, you know, regardless of what the tensions are now, it's such a historic event. And we, do, you know, I'd like to think that maybe even though things aren't now, that in five years' time, ten years' time, when hopefully everything's settled, they if they don't go, they will always have that regret that they won't be part of it. One th- line that I thought was really interesting, actually, from your piece uh, in today's Daily Mirror, um, was them saying that they don't want, they're not going to come if it's the same awkward tension that was at the Jubilee and the Queen's funeral.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that that is exactly what was said to me. So that puts them in a pretty awkward position because I reckon it is going to be the same. I mean, there are are several members of the family who are still very, very deeply hurt and think that, that Harry and Meghan shouldn't be at the coronation, that they don't want them here because they think it will just turn into a complete circus. And you think back to when Harry was... Left to travel up to Balmoral on his own, uh, William, Andrew, Edward, and Sophie went up on the the jet to the RAF jet uh, themselves. And he was forced to travel alone. He then turned on his phone, found out the Queen had died from a BBC news alert. When he got to Balmoral, nobody's there to greet him apart from Princess Anne. She was the one who took him up. I mean, then he left pretty early in the morning, so there was absolutely no pleasantries from his family. Um, and this is this is before the book, so. In, uh, uh, how can it not be the same? Um, they're not going to welcome him with open arms. There are people who are very very wary of having Harry, Harry and Meghan um, around, and so the the, the issues still remains So let's let's just uh, let's wait and see if there is a cooling of relations. But I don't think it's going to be any soon. So Harry might have to just suck it up and uh, and get used to it.
0: Now, thank you so much for joining me, Russell. Thank you to all our listeners for tuning in this week. As always, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Pod save. And until next time.
1: Pod Save the King!